Welcome to the Sparkle Shamelessly with Lainey Love podcast. I'm your transformational host, Lainey Love Dalby, and I'm on a mission to free human spirits to sparkle shamelessly and step into their authentic power, including you, beloved listener. On this podcast, we're gathering fireside from around the globe for monthly interviews, storytelling, spiritual teachings, and sacred practices with style, sass, and the sacred. Come on over to LaineyLoveDalby.com for more spiritual and leadership development resources. And now, on to the show! Hello, beloveds! We are so thrilled to be back here with you today on the Sparkle Shamelessly podcast in the midst of the depths of Mercury retrograde and Scorpio season. And my sun sign is in Scorpio with many other planets as well. So I'm really at home in these potent energies and really doing some powerful deep work. And I'm super grateful to be here today with all of you. So I want to invite you to just take a moment to visualize that we're gathering in our virtual sacred circle now. And you can close your eyes if that's possible for you. And just know that from across the globe that we are gathering today for an intimate fireside chat with fellow podcast host, Becca Piastrelli. And I invite you to just breathe in all of our beloveds, circling around and nestling up next to the fire. And just allow yourself to fully arrive here now into this sacred container from wherever you're tuning in to join us. Just taking a deep breath in together and exhaling visibly, audibly. (sighs) Just allowing ourselves to land fully here. And when you feel ready, opening your eyes. And I'm deeply honored and grateful to have Becca beaming into the Soul Sparkle Sanctuary with us today. She's a writer, women's coach, and host of the Belonging Podcast. She holds space for women to explore ancestral wisdom, connect with the earth, and find meaningful and inclusive sisterhood. And in the age of loneliness, Becca really shows us how to feel like we truly belong to each other, to the earth, and to ourselves. So it's so amazing to have you, sister. So welcome, and thank you so much for being here today. Yes, I'm so honored to be invited into this space and to get the medicine of your magic and be with your people. Thank you. Mm, Thank you so much, sister. So as you all know, each moon cycle in our Sister Hive Learning and Practice community, we're deepening into one of the 13 pillars of the sacred art of sparkling shamelessly. And this moon's community pillar is honoring our ancestors. And our theme is returning to our roots. 
So since the holy day of Samhain on Halloween on the 31st of October, we've entered into a powerful time for communication with the ancestors and a time for divinations and omens and really seeking the mysteries. And it's a time to really drift and dream and vision. It's a time for inner journeys and really connecting to the wisdom inside of ourselves and naturally as well returning to our roots. So especially as we've also entered into this deep watery Scorpio season and the symbolic time of death and rebirth with winter approaching in the Northern Hemisphere. So we're truly embracing this new age of integration now where the light and the dark are both accepted as necessary parts of ourselves. And this is a time where we can enter into the darkness together. So in this dark phase of the year's cycle, it's really a time to connect to this root energy and to reflect and to journey into our unconscious and the spirit realms, to make time to rest, to nourish, to nurture, and really knowing that the seeds of our ideas and future direction in life are incubating now, ready to be reborn in 2020. So it's really a time of bringing renewal to ourselves and ourselves and our understandings and our ideas. And working with the ancestors and reconnecting to the earth, they're also a potent part of Becca's work, which is how I found her. And that's why I'm so thrilled to have her join us here today. So I'd love to begin, sister, by asking you to share a little about a bit about your own revolutionary journey that really led you to your sacred work in the world and shining so bright with your unique soul sparkle. Hmm, yeah. I think it all, the root of it all of my life, if I can like look back throughout my whole journey up until the age of 34, is these moments of not feeling like I was, that I belonged. Mm -hmm. These moments where I felt alienated or isolated or um, I had to sort of perform and fake it. And even though I was accepted by people or felt sort of safe underneath, I thought if they really knew, if they really knew who I was, if they saw the real story, I would be rejected. And so it really started, it started with other, with other women, with girls and wanting to connect in that way and not feeling it. But then it, as I grew up, it, it, it became, um, the work world. It became patriarchy. It became all these systems that we live in where I just thought, Oh, I just don't feel like I'm home, capital H home in this in this space. And then it deepened into this understanding of being a white woman, a woman of European descent, 100% European descent, living on stolen land. I live here in Northern California on coastal Miwok land and really deeply understanding um, all the ways in which that can contribute to a feeling of not belonging, you know, no matter the stories of my ancestors, immigration because of famine, immigration because of war, immigration because of opportunity, economic opportunity, there's still this element of, of being sort of ripped up by the roots and put over and sort of planted on another land. And all of this coursing through my veins and the more I tune into that really uncomfortable feeling of not belonging, mm -hmm. the more awareness came to me. It, it was, it's almost, it's, it's like the shadow side, right? You touch the shadow and it really 
brightens you. It neutralizes the shame and it, it gives life to meaning and meaning to your purpose. And so what's been really clear for me is belonging is the through line of my life. Hmm. It is the through line of my work and that we all in some way are unrooted, whether it's within our bodies, within our lineages, which could be based on being adopted or mental health or trauma in a family or um, being descended from folks who were enslaved and there are no records and we, or um, being descended from folks who were persecuted uh, to our separation in Western culture from the earth, from the seasons and cycles of the earth, to seeing the exploitive nature of capitalism. They're all to community, to the <laughs> fact that we live, you know, in our, we are encouraged to live in nuclear families and to not really connect. And now, you know, we're all fighting on Facebook and not talking to each other and looking up from our phones in the coffee shop. And it's to me, I'm like, whoa, and not like you're all messed up. Like I'm messed up too. <laughs> I've got stuff too. And just getting really real about that. So I'm not fixed, <laughs> but I'm certainly in the conversation and this deeper work and it's providing a deeper sense of belonging and understanding of what that word can even possibly mean in these times that just feels powerful. Mm, beautiful. Thank you, sister. That's that's really potent. And I completely hear you also being from European descent and that feeling of, of unrootedness in a sense. And, you know, going on an ancestral pilgrimage back to my ancient lands last year for the first time to lay my body literally down on the earth was such a potent means of reconnecting and mm. feeling a sense of home that I had never felt before that translated into my body and into my being and into my cells. So I totally hear you on that and deeply grateful and honoring you for doing this work and, and helping to lead others home as well. Mm. So with that, I'd love to ask how you personally connect with your ancestors and weave them into your sacred work and how that really plays a role in, in what you steward with women. Oh, there's so many ways to connect with ancestors. And I think that's the first thing I really want to make clear because um, there can be some resistance or confusion or perfectionism that comes up around not wanting to do the DNA test or right. um, not having a lot of genealogical data or um, just the past three generations were so traumatic. I don't want to go there or, you know, I'm adopted or whatever it is. And so there are so many ways you connect with your ancestors. On average, we each have 60 million ancestors. It's probably more, but mm -hmm. that's like a safe number. And we learn from epigenetics, which is, um, showing us that trauma and story is imprinted in our DNA and passed down through our cells. That's how we can track through our mitochondrial DNA, through our blood, and no, through our saliva, all the way back to like the original mother, the original being that birthed the lineage, which of course is not a line, but many, many, many lines that sort of spider off. So for a lot of folks that I work with that have like recent trauma or adoption or don't feel safe in these sort of 
ancestry.com systems, right? Mm -hmm. They can work with far ancestors, the mighty dead, you know, the bright and well that don't have names and faces and gravestones. And then, or you can work like behind me, can't see because we're on a podcast, but behind me, I have this, this photo of my grandmother, my mother's mother who has passed and, and I honor her in that way. And that's an altar of sorts. I have altars all over my home with pictures of ancestors living and past where I honor them in that way. I ask them to come to me in dreams. I do a lot of dream work. Dreams is the original divination tool before the cards and the crystals and the, yeah. it was our dreams. It was our dreams. You know, that's, it's, it's a space that we spend so much of our life in that oftentimes we sort of just be like, well, well, that was weird. That was crazy. But there's a lot of wisdom in our dreams, right? And so I have a practice of ask before I going to, I go to bed. I ask my ancestors. Sometimes I burn mugwort. Sometimes I take like um, a dream tincture and I ask them to come to me. Sometimes they come, sometimes they don't. But this is a lifelong set of practices that I do. Other ones are cooking the foods of my people. Mm-hmm. Now this could be I have many ancestral lines to Europe. One of them is to Scotia, Scotland. And so I could be making scotch eggs and I could be understanding like what it means for to have peasant food and what my ancestors who were working in the fields or fishing, what they could easily eat. Oh, that feels connection. Or it could be like box funfetti, funfetti cake that my grandma always made or like Chinese food that we always ate together, like some greasy diner or whatever. It's the memories and the connections we make. So that's why I'm saying all these things right now, it might be a little overwhelming because you'll get a ping when you hear me. You're like, that's what I want to try. That's it. I want to look up on YouTube, like the, the Tarantella. I want to listen to old Polish folk music. Like I want to read the folk tales of my Spanish ancestors. Like these are the ways you can connect in these times. It just doesn't just have to be a DNA test and it just doesn't have to be genealogy. Mm, Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for that. And, you know, often we also talk about the idea of connecting with spiritual lineage as well and past life lineage and other connections that we feel deep in our soul that might not necessarily root in this lifetime and really allowing space for, you know, what wants to come into our channel in dreams and other spaces that, you know, isn't necessarily connected to the land, but feels like a deep soul calling of like, oh, I I have a connection here and I want to explore it and see what that is so really honoring that and I'm curious you know for those people that have the resistance where you know because I know in my journey it took about three years before I could actually get back to the ancient lands because of the the deep harm that was done by my ancestors that immigrated and I felt personally responsible for doing some karmic healing work for them on their behalf. And so, you know, what is your recommendation in terms of people who have complicated, painful lineages in terms of starting to heal that so that they can start to really access the magic and the wisdom that is there beyond all the harm that has been done both to and against and perpetrated, you know, both those perpetrators and those that have been perpetrated against. I'm so, so glad you brought that up. Mm. It's such a common thread in this work. For us to hold in our bodies the experience of being the oppressor and the oppressed. 
And, and that's really important to tune into both and not one too heavily, right? So if you think of polarity, you think of shadow work, you think of this, it's really masculine, feminine work, whatever it is to really try to achieve balance. And so I noticed for a long time, I was bypassing the experience of being the oppressor because I was, because I've had fragility, right? Like I wasn't really, it wasn't modeled for me to really look at that. The guilt was overwhelming Mm. and underneath it all was grief. I felt grief for the brothers and sisters of the land I live on. I felt grief that this happened. It's, it's almost like, it's so hard to even like use words and our Western minds to really tune into. And so a lot of what I do is I, I make space for the moment to, to feel the overwhelm of the, of the, of what happened with slavery, to feel the overwhelm of what happened in the burning times. And then if you know the harm that was caused by your ancestors to speak it in safe spaces. So I often say on my mother's line, um, I was raised to believe that I was descended from the people that won the Revolutionary War because they built the ships. And it's like, actually, I'm descended from the people who enslaved people who built the ships that won the American Revolutionary War. And the more I say that out loud, hmm. you know, with like humility in my heart and humble and reverence, the more I can keep going in this work and feel like, okay now I really want to tune into what it means to be doing that karmic work, to be an ally, to be a part of social justice, to make better choices, to not freeze when someone says something racist, you know, to, to be a part of that. Um, you know, I, I'm also descended from the original colonizers of Abenaki land, which is today known as Maine, you know, that's where the ships were built. And so I know that there's harm to the Abenaki nation and, I, I, I have no doubt that my ancestors participated in that. And so what can I do to make reparations? You know, what can I do to honor those people mm-hmm. with money, with time, with offerings, with acknowledgement on podcasts, you know, to really, to really hold in that. And then on the other side of the oppressed, when I really read about the burning times that were all over old Europe, yeah. um, it's deeply overwhelming and saddening to think about what that was like for the ancestors of ours that were two spirit, non-binary and female and male allies that were tortured, you know, and really um, brutally murdered. And then the ones who survived who we are descended from, I'm speaking about you and me here Mm -hmm. um, and anyone else who's listening who identifies that way, the trauma that carries. Mm -hmm. And that actually has given me more empathy for what it was like to immigrate to Turtle Island, this new world, quote unquote, and then carry that trauma and perpetuate it further. So I firmly believe we are alive in this time to do this work that our ancestors couldn't do because they were trying to survive because the trauma was too much for, or they can only go so far with it. Like here we are talking on the internet about this. What a miracle, what like this is privilege. This is medicine. What can we do with it? So this is me gently encouraging all of you to explore it 
you won't die. You won't die. And there are people here who want to talk about it too. And you don't, and I understand that you might freeze up the first time, but keep going, journal it first, Mm -hmm. you know, because we have the tools, the capacity. And if you have sisterhood, if you have community to hold your hand through it, we are capable of, of navigating and healing this. Yeah. Mm, thank you for that sister definitely absolutely 100% agree and you know definitely a lot of the women that I work with carry the witch wound as well and that is a real real trauma that needs to be cleared from the system on multiple levels and you know it's and you know there's so much more of what you spoke to is very similar to my own experience and just honoring you for doing the work and encouraging others to do the work and I'm right behind you in that encouragement because Mm -hmm. you know I think it is essential in this time for us to really stand in our fullness not just as individuals but as a nation as a country as a globe as a human family you know coming together to heal and grow and transform and really live into who we can become who we are here to become and raise our consciousness to a whole new level that is rooted in belonging and unity Mm -hmm. consciousness and coming home and ending that patriarchal paradigm of separation and competition and you know that illusion of separation that has kept us from each other that has kept us from that deep place of love and so With that, I'd love to move into um, really asking you a little bit about belonging and what that truly means to you and returning to your roots, you know, because in the work that we're doing with the Sacred Art of Sparkling Shamelessly, one of the pillars is the great homecoming, which is about returning to the body and the earth and the ancient sisterhood lineage and that great web of all life. And I know that that's also a big part of your work. You know, it's, it's something that I see is this like sacred revolution that we are really leading together, you know, all these people doing this work. And so, yeah, what, what is belonging? longing and returning to the roots really mean to you? Even when you ask that, like my whole body sort of expands and then roots down. So mm, I, I break it up into four categories because that's been my journey, which is land, lineage, community, and the self. I find when those four areas are tapped into equally, there's that deeper settling, there's that uh, deep contentment, there's that sitting back, relaxing. And then in that space, I'm, I'm not looking for numbing. I'm not looking for outside validation. I'm not looking for that serotonin hit from the scroll, you know, or the Netflix binging. I'm not hating on any of this. Yeah. We're human, uh, but I, I'm, I'm playing with that. And so I, ha- I have practices. I bring practice and ritual into all of this so that I can basically call belonging into my system, call belonging into my home into my body, into my marriage, into my community. I'm just calling it back. Mm. That's what it feels like. Remembering it, right? Remembering what it feels like because we all can remember belonging. We felt it in the wombs of our mothers. We were born in belonging. And so to remember, and our ancestors felt it. So it's calling it back home. So it's everything from morning meditation before I take my phone out of airplane mode to remember who I am and journaling mm-hmm. to circling in community, having a, I have a 
moon circle, every new moon, I meet with women to making offerings to the land at least once a week, more if I'm called, having a garden to watching where I have like negative self-talk about my body or about, or my, when I have like a comparison thing, like when the comparison thing gets a little loud or I feel myself diminishing, feel myself shrinking and hiding. These are all little indicators that, okay, so we're starting to believe these old stories. And so what do I need to do to call belonging back into my system? And so that's been very helpful for the part of me that needs like action steps, you know, uh, that helps me. Yeah. Sort of check it off the list of like, I'm trying, I'm trying here. And really it comes with stillness. It comes with, um, just remembering that it's never left. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we also, you know, really gather women in sacred sisterhood so often. And I know that that's a big part of your journey, too. And I would be curious to hear you share how it's really enriched your life and helped you to remember more of who you are really coming together in sacred sisterhood circles and spaces. Mm, Yes. Wow. Sisterhood was like rocket fuel for my healing, for my belonging, for my marriage, for my um, bravery, for my health, for my business, for this, for the podcast I started, you know, for every, for writing. It just feels like the compost, you know, that's feeding my roots to just keep going. And what's interesting, you know, is, is sisterhood isn't always um, you know, flower crowns and full moons, you yeah, know, it's yeah. the, the mirrors that, the, that sisterhood provides for our own shadow, for our own inner wounds, for our own ancestral healing, for our own work. Uh, you know, I've had to stick through hard times. Yeah. I've had to stick with it. And that is the most beautiful medicine of it all is when you're in a circle and you remember what it means to be part of this ancient sister lineage. And then something happens and you're like, Ooh, I'm feeling funny. And well, I want it to be all beautiful. So I'm going to leave. It's like, don't leave. Stay, 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 breathe, breathe. Yeah. And that is where whew, the transformation happens. And the healing is a ripple effect, right? Yeah. What may be said for one may be said for all. Yeah. That Jean Shinoda Bolin, who is um, an incredible author and Jungian psychologist and wrote Goddesses in Every Woman, she wrote The Millionth Circle. And so that is the basis of when like a million circles are started all around the world. That is, that is the basis of healing of our consciousness. That is the basis of healing of our division. Yeah. And so when we meet, we don't meet for ourselves. We meet for all women. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, the the gathering of women together to heal and play and grow and transform and really sticking with that over prolonged amounts of time, even when you're walking through those initiations that come up and it requires that fierce holding of, you know, I have got you through this. I am holding you. I am here. I'm not going to turn away. I'm not going anywhere. I see you. I am with you. I honor you regardless of what's coming up, you know, and especially once we start 
getting into doing shadow work together, which is such an important part of the work that I do because you can't sparkle shamelessly unless you have really integrated and brought out those, those depths of the darkness, those pieces that have been cast away into the shadow until you've brought them back into the light and integrated them back into wholeness, you know, and that is some of the most profound work we can do together as women when we go into our deepest wounds and hold space for each other in that, because that truly is the greatest homecoming when we can call all those parts of ourselves back home and be witnessed in that mm. and held in that and just loved unconditionally back to the truth of who we are and our full remembrance. So yes. honoring you for also holding that space, sister, because I think it is the most important thing that we can do right now. I really feel that gathering in sacred sisterhood will help to heal our world, truly. Yes. And one of the most important things. So yes. <laughs> so one last question for the podcast today what do you feel is the most important ancient wisdom for women to heed today in a world that is filled with so much violence especially against the sacred feminine and our bodies as women yeah it's it's to remember that we sight have cycles and seasons just like the earth and the stars you know, that they're one in the same. And yeah. so for those of us that bleed, mm -hmm. uh, that's a beautiful opportunity instead of seeing it as a curse or in the way from productivity, whatever it is, to see yourself waxing and waning like the moon and to honor the different emotions, the different body sensations. Like you can get so minute in every moment. You can see the way you cycle like the moon in every day, in every hour. Yeah. And, and then to see the seasonality of yourself. This like, are you in a winter? Are you in a spring? How are you in the earth's winter? How are you in the earth's spring? That is like ancient technology that, I mean, constantly blows my mind. Yeah. Constantly constantly um, has me on my knees in gratitude for being in this body and born in this way, you know, and the way all of us, whether we were born with these parts that is traditionally women or not, have these cycles. And so to tune into that is to nourish yourself in deep ways so you can move out of those habits and belief patterns and ways of being that you know do not serve you, that do not serve your higher vision, that do not serve your higher sparkle, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's like surrendering your brain mm -hmm. and dropping into your body and the earth and the universe and being yeah. like, my brain is actually getting in the way of what's always been here. Mm -hmm. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm I'm a full moon bleeder and I'm have my menstrual amulet that I wear that's filled with my herbs and crystals and all sorts of things to help me tap into this visionary time, you know, it's like the original vision quest and really being able to deepen and tap into that is such a, a potent way of reconnecting and also honoring our bodies and also being more productive because when we honor our cycles, we're actually able to be more productive, which is, um, yes. you know, because it's like when we really tap into our innate energy and even like the work of Elisa Viti with cycle syncing and eating for our cycle and, you know, it's like supporting our body to do what it naturally is going to do it serves every aspect of our life so yeah absolutely in total agreement that that is 
powerful ancient wisdom that, you know, can really serve all of us, even if we're not bleeding anymore, you know, it's like we still are innately connected to that greater web and these cycles that are, are really deep medicine for us to tap into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you have any closing words, sister, that you'd like to share? Mm. Yeah. I think it's really important to cultivate in-person community and this can feel really challenging. A lot of us are finding our people on the internet and it's wonderful. And I'm not saying don't do that, but what I find to be, uh, what I'm resistant to and what people I talk to are resistant to, but craving more than anything is to have that in-person physical touch, whether it's one person you can share with or a few people you can meet under the new moon or full moon with or take a yoga class with. I just want to remind us all that we are beings and bodies and uh, it's deeply activating to gather in person. So however you can make that happen, I really invite you into that. Mm, yes, seconding that and just the, the portals of power that we create as well, these vortexes on the land when we gather in person as well and honoring the spirits of the land and the original people and our lineages is such a potent way to, to really superpower our growth and healing and transformation. So rejoice to that. Hopefully we will see you in live sisterhood space soon, beloveds. And thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It's been such an honor to have you with us, Becca. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, beloved. To hear more from our guest, join us in Sister Hive to receive a masterclass from her at sisterhive.community. Additionally, you can learn more about her at beccapiastrelli.com. Trillions of years of evolution and revolution led to you. It's time to remember who you truly are and why you're here at this most powerful time in human history. It's time to allow your full spiritual magnificence and the raw truth of who you are to come forth. It's time to be lit up and turned on and blazing true. Because the world needs your unique soul sparkle now more than ever. So remember, someone out there needs you. Are you willing to finally come out of hiding and live your life so that they can find you? I'll leave you with that question for now, beloved, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. If you enjoyed the show today, please share it with your beloveds and come on over to LaineyLoveDolby.com where you'll receive a free Soul Sparkle starter kit so you can begin your own journey to ignite your revolutionary potential today.